0: Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Amen. Awesome. Well, um, hi, my name's Ralph. It's great to see you guys. We're uh, we're going to be thinking about community today. Um, two reasons. One, it's always good to talk about that. Um, it's a very key theme in the bible so they're always 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 good to look at but um second reason we're looking at today is because very excitingly um both last week and this week um small groups came back which is very exciting so um we are uh gonna pray for our small group leaders this morning um we're gonna do that at the end so um uh but i don't we want to i want to talk about the community today because it's relevant to small groups but i don't want to spend 20 minutes doing a notice about small groups um safe to say uh, we the reason we have them is because we think they're amazing and we would love every single person in church to be part of one. Um, and so uh, we have we have uh, eight amazing small groups. Uh, we're looking to add more. So uh, when we pray for the leaders at the end, hopefully you'll find some people you connect with. But um, if you want to come talk to me about how maybe you could be part of leading a small group or um, if you would like to connect with one that um, maybe is a bit different in terms of location and timing, then um, all the info I can get with regard to that helps me. And make them good for you guys. So um, we're going to do that at the end. But um, kind of following on from what Neil's been doing the last couple of weeks, where he's been uh, we've been in one Corinthians twelve, and he uh, we've been looking at some really key ideas of um, of prayer, of how we um, operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We look specifically at praying for healing and, and prophetic, and part of that is kind of responding to a sense that we had in the summer about God wanting to. And kind of turn over some pots in our gardens, recognize there's some things about who we are that maybe for whatever reason have just kind of been knocked to the side and, and, and actually it's not going to take much just to turn them over and set them right again and some, just some really key things about us. And so um, it's been great to look at that stuff the last couple of weeks and um, basically I'm doing the next little bit of 1 Corinthians 12 um, today. So let's read it first. Uh, starting at verse 12. <clears throat> One body with many members. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And it very famously goes on to talk about um, how the different parts work together. But it's just that, that very simple, but transformational concept that, that we are one body. That we are not just separate individuals. We are not separate islands that um, existing. Sorry, I really wanted to sing Island in the Stream for a brief second. That would have been unfortunate. Um, we're connected. And um, that is the case, not just in this room, but across the world. I think it's really important whenever we're talking about community to remember that because we have these wonderful microcosms of it, which is amazing and so good. But actually, we are part of something bigger. We are part of something that ultimately finds its connection in Jesus. And that's why it's been amazing, actually, doing communion this morning and um, just where we've been with worship to recognize that fundamentally, that is what defines us as people. is not, not the people around us, but our connection with Jesus, And I think that's really important. C.S. Lewis talks about it in an essay called Membership. He talks about the difference between um, collectivism and membership. So collectivism is the idea that um, kind of like you're all in the same club. We might share a particular cause or um, do something together and, you you know, you can pay your fee and get a membership card and and, and be part of this, this kind of corporate mass. But the amazing thing about the body of Christ is we are members, we are organs, all different shapes and sizes, all different um, honors, even that, you know, Paul talks about just different things that are all connected in Jesus. And primarily, we need to find our identity from him and then work that out with one another. And sometimes, especially when we're talking about community in a very earnest way, we get it wrong. We sort of we find our identity with the people around us. And then through that, be like, okay, well, how can we connect that to Jesus? But we need to flip it around and recognize that we are connected to him. Let's work that out as brothers and sisters, not the other way. And, um, and so there's kind of like three little points I want to make, which could be three big points, but they're not going to be. Um, and the first one is this. Uh, you weren't made to go it alone. You weren't made to go it alone. You know, Christianity is a team sport. I love team sports, um, as everyone should, but a Christianity is one of them. And um, literally so many, so many things we could do to sort of I could back this up, but purely and simply, just look at the Lord's prayer. How does Jesus tell us to pray? My father, our Father, Our Father. And again, that is our Father, that is our Father right when jesus is you know calling us to bring heaven to earth to forgive to trust him that all happens in the context of a collective father something that we all share and isn't it incredible like i don't know if you've, i'm sure you've all experienced this when you just meet another christian and you have nothing in common like in the world's eyes absolutely nothing but there's just there's something that connects you you could go to the other side of the earth and find a group of believers and find family. And that doesn't just happen because someone came up with a good organizational plan. That happens because we're united in Jesus. And so um, this idea of, of kind of being together, of Christianity being a team sport, I think we quite often think of it in the context of survival. You know, um, and there's all sorts of like little snappy phrases, you know, the banana that leaves the bunch gets eaten. Anyone heard that? Uh, it's quite a good one, actually. I think that's spanning leaps. It's a good one. Um, the Lone Rangers are dead rangers. We heard that one. That's a bit of a classic. Um, or even you know, one Peter talks about how there's an enemy that prowls, looking to devour. And the reality is, you know, um, I might have even used this once, like a proper sort of David Attenborough little clip where there's a little little limping. And um, runt that has been separated, and then just gets mauled by some animal um, Welcome to church, guys <laughs> and uh, the reality is, yeah, actually, you get lonely and you get isolated you 're probably going to get picked off, and uh, sorry, that sounds a bit intense, but the reality is we need to be together there is there is a survival aspect of being a body because we can 't do it on our own we don't need to we 're not supposed to um, But I think more than that, more than just a case of survival, I think the reason we're supposed to do Christianity together is because if we don't, we will stagnate. If we just exist within our own bubble, me and Jesus, we won't grow. So it's not just survival. It's trying to avoid stagnation, you know, because we need other people to love and be loved. We need other people to bump into, to get annoyed by. We need other people to get inspired by, to learn from. We need each other. I I spoke about this a few weeks ago, but um, the whole essence of Christianity is that that God became man, that the word became flesh, that there was an incarnation, that something, um, Eugene Peterson says, like God moved into the neighborhood. There was a physical arrival of God amongst us. And I don't think we can partake in in our faith in christianity if we don't similarly incarnate when not become move into the neighborhood with one another you know that's messy god was born in a stable pete greg talks about jesus having dirt under his fingernails like community and people are messy but beautiful and that's that's what god that's how god moved towards us and if we think that we can grow in him independent of doing the same. I think we've missed it. You know, we we can and we must build ourselves up personally and have a personal relationship with God. But um, but if we just say to ourselves, well, it's just me and Jesus, then yeah, we're missing it. And I think there's there's all sorts of reasons why we don't. There's all sorts of reasons, good reasons why, you know, people get hurt. And I, I don't want to oversimplify something that's very complicated. But um, just as I was preparing, I think there's, there's almost like Sometimes we just want the the control and the order that comes with just doing it ourselves. And sometimes, actually, we have a fear of rejection. And so it's, it's easier just to keep it to us. But I wonder if between those two poles and everything else within it, we can actually be like, you know what? We need one another. And not just so that we can make it through, so we can survive, but so that we can grow. And so that we can be the people collectively that God's called us to be. So you weren't made to go it alone. Um, The second little thing I want to say is, um, sorry to find it, um, is we're not supposed to be in hiding. And as I was thinking about um, stuff that I might shave off this morning, I was going to shave this off, but then Jen brought her word, so I'm not going to now. Um, Acts 2 says this. The Fellowship of the Believers, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes... They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. This is one of these kind of like um, keystone passages in the New Testament. I've spoken about it in this context a couple of times in the last year or so. And um, in particular, because it, it gives us some principles for how we're to relate to one another. So. In any kind of conversation about community, I think we need to come back to Acts 2, not in a sort of vending machine way that if we just kind of um, like put in the code that is the Acts 2 model, then God will pop out revival and we'll just get to eat it. Um, But actually uh, that there is a way of doing community that actually God can use to change the world because that's what was going on in Acts we get this little bit at the end of Acts two, just after, well, kind of, almost like summing up what's happened through Pentecost. The Spirit has been poured out on all flesh, um, people are coming into the family of God. Like um, the Holy Spirit is is empowering the growth of the church, and that is happening through this way of being together. And um, and even just in these few short verses, we get a look at some of the um, the activity. That was the hallmarks of this community. So um, that, you know, the, the devotion to teaching, the fellowship, breaking of bread, the prayers. We get to see what, what kind of stuff they got up to. And we also get to see the attitude of the people. The fact that um, they were together, that they um, shared everything they have, that they considered um, another's need the same as their own. These kind of things were the, um, basically the kind of the fruit of the outpouring of the Spirit, but also the vehicle that took it from Jerusalem to Judea, to the ends of the earth, See, it saw it spread. And I think it's important because um, yeah, it's, it's recognizing that actually how we relate to one another matters and makes a difference. And God can use it to pour out his Spirit, not just on us, but on the world. And, um, and I think... Healthy Christian community. Part of the reason that it exists is for God to use that to extend the kingdom in every area of life. Kind of like what Jen was sharing with her word, you know that um, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, it's gonna it's gonna be like yeast. It's gonna be like yeast in the dough. It's gonna be pervasive. It's gonna get into every nook and cranny. And it's gonna be so connected that you can't, in the same way, you can't separate the yeast out of the dough. You can't separate the kingdom of what God's doing in the world. And so I think when we think about Acts 2, when we think about any kind of like community organization, that we don't just see like a blueprint for small groups, for example. But we actually see what could happen if we as believers embody these things and take them out um, amongst ourselves and also into the world. Um, I'm going to do this bit. So, I love Narnia. Um, I'm just going to read this. um, No, we don't have time. Um, Okay, okay. okay. (laughs) I'm going to read some Narnia. Yay! (laughs) So, um, this is from Prince Caspian. And um, so what's going on is the Pevensies, who are like the kids in the story, um, who have discovered Narnia. Narnia is like an allegory for the kingdom of God. Although not if you ask CS there is. Um, And uh, they've come back many hundreds of years later, and there's a new king, there's like a tyrant king, um, and there's just like a little kind of murmuring of revolution. Like there's a guy called Caspian, who is the true heir to the throne, and he's just kind of fled away from captivity. And he's he's just found this kind of collection of people that are still true to the old ways, the old Narnians, as they call themselves. Um, And they're having this like war council. And uh, they get to this point where where a centaur appears, who is this kind of big, strong, um, important figure that uh, kind of emerges as a prophet. And then uh, so I'm just going to read what he says. Um, Long live the king, he cried. This is Glenstorm. I and my sons are ready for war. When is the battle to be joined? Up till now, neither Caspian nor the others... had really been thinking of a war. They had some vague idea, perhaps, of an occasional raid on some human farmstead or of attacking a party of hunters if it ventured too far into these southern wilds. But in the main, they had thought only of living to themselves in woods and caves and building up an attempt at old Narnia in hiding. In the main, they had thought only of living to themselves in woods and caves and building up an attempt at old Narnia in hiding. As soon as Glenstorm had spoken, everyone felt much more serious. Do you mean a real war to drive Miraz out of Narnia? asked Caspian. What else? said the centaur. Why else does your majesty go clad in mail and girt with sword? Is it possible? Glenstorm said the badger. The time is ripe, said Glenstorm. I watch the skies, badger, for it is mine to watch as it is yours to remember the hour has struck. Our council at the dancing lawn must be a council of war. He spoke in such a voice that neither Caspian nor the others hesitated for a moment. It now seemed to them quite possible that they might win a war and quite certain that they must wage one. And I love that because I can feel that pull that those guys, they just... They just rediscovered each other after hundreds of years. And the temptation would have been just, oh, let's just do our thing in hiding. Let's remember the old days. Let's have a nice time together. Let's do our dances, eat our meals. But there is just like, and I love that sort of when um, when Glenn says, like Caspian, why are you walking around with a sword if you're not planning on using it? So I think for us, like, we can pour so much energy into thinking about how we do church, how we do community, how we do whatever we do. But I guess the question I want to ask us is, is are we planning to do anything about it? Not, I'm not suggesting that we need to wage war on culture or anything like that. That's just, there's just a picture in the story. But that sense of these things that you've got, like for Caspian, it was the sword. Like, what are they, what are they there for? Is it just pretend? Is it just to make yourself feel good? Is it What is it? And I think ultimately, it's, it's not a this isn't a kind of like beating around the head for evangelism. It's actually a call to integrity. And what I mean by integrity is every single part of us moving in the same direction. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we get everything right all the time. Doesn't mean we haven't got loads to learn. But there's every part of our being that is pointed in the same direction. So when it comes to community, we haven't got this divide of church stuff, life stuff, work stuff, whatever. But there's us as humans that God has made. And so coming back to that idea of, um, you know, I think part of the point of godly community is to usher in the kingdom of God into every nook and cranny. Is that that isn't magic in the air. The kingdom of God isn't isn't magic. It's people. It's on you and it's on me. And actually, there's, there will be a pull to hide. But actually, why are you walking around with a sword if you're not prepared to use it? Why are we doing this, you know, getting good at conflict, getting good at cheering each other on, getting the prophetic, learning how to pray for healing? Why are we doing that if we're not going to use it? And that that's not even just out there. It's even within here. Like, can we be the guy that says, hey, let's pray about that? Actually, what's God's been saying to you this week And not just being like, well, I'll talk about that when I get to small group. I'll talk about that on Sunday. We can, even within our Christian bubble, we can hide from one another. But I feel like part of what God wants to do today is call us out of that. Okay, third thing. Don't love your dream of community more than people. I use this quote a lot from Bonhoeffer. We'll get to it in a second. But Going back to what I said at the start, we find our identity primarily in Christ and work that out with one another. I think it's it's really important we get that because it's so easy to mistake um, a vehicle for a destination. Particularly when it comes to church, when we all put so much time and effort and money into it. It's really easy to think that community is the goal. But Jesus is the goal. His kingdom is the goal. Community is part of how we get there. And so it, it's just easy to get those muddled up. And in Genesis 11, we have the story of the Tower of Babel. I, I'm not going to read it out, but it's quite famous. And um, it's just the idea that there was a group of people that wanted to establish themselves, wanted to do something. And so in their pride, they decided that the way they would do that, uh, within the context of their faith, was to build this big tower up to the heavens, so that everyone would say, wow, aren't they amazing? There was like, um, and they did it like to reach God. So it was within the context of their faith. But actually what happened was God saw that and he saw their pride and actually saw the danger in that. Um, and he scattered them. And actually that um, that is part of kind of, uh, it's an interesting take from Genesis in terms of how we have different languages in the world. But it's this idea that, um, there, was, there was a pride within humanity to make something that made ourselves look so good that people would be like, wow, aren't they amazing? Let's think they're great. Interestingly, at Acts, that kind of gets reversed as the spirit gets poured out and, and language is used to unify people from different tongues into the same space. But it's the idea that actually what the, what the guys in Genesis 11 were trying to do actually ultimately... They were trying to protect themselves, but it had the opposite effect. And so sometimes in our pursuit of Christian utopia, of doing things amazingly well, in a really good for really good reasons, we actually trample one another. And we actually destroy the very thing that we want to build. Dietrich Bonhoeffer from Life Together. Those who love their dream of a Christian community more than they love, the Christian community itself become destroyers of that Christian community, even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest, earnest, and sacrificial. Like, if our dream is just to have amazing small groups or to have an amazing whatever, program, thing, Sunday morning, we'll end up crushing one another in the pursuit of it. Because we're supposed to pursue Jesus. And so, but if we can learn to value one another and love one another and give our lives to one another, I think God can do something amazing within community. My experience of this church as an 18-year-old and since is an amazing community. So I'm I'm I have been so blessed and so covered and invested in and supported because of you guys, because of the hundreds of people that have come and gone through our family over 15 plus years. So community is vital. It's so important, but it's not the goal. It's a natural expression of how we follow Jesus together. And so it's just, I think we could apply this to anything, but it's like, just don't love your dream more than people, whatever it is. And then just even in worship, like, I was thinking, like, just just say sorry if you've been hurt by dreams, whether within church or elsewhere. Like, actually, where people have felt crushed because of trying to get to some nebulous destination. And so, actually, I just want you to know that God sees you and has healing for you, for all of us. And that, do you know what? We're probably going to get it wrong. In our own in our own ways as we go and bump up with we'll one another. But if we can just come back to that idea that that we don't love the Christian community more than we love the people itself, that is gonna stand us in good stead. Don't love church more than people. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more head to our website findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless. See you soon.